Hi, welcome to a Light Reading Extra podcast. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm a senior editor at Light Reading, and I am joined on the road by the amazing future Phil Harvey. Hey, Phil. <laughs> hey, how's it going? I don't know if amazing, <laughs> I don't feel amazing today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, day two is, is probably rough. Yeah, my um, feet hurt. Yeah, how's your coffee situation? You know, it's okay. They do have a Dunkin' Donuts down in the little um, food court area. So, uh, you know, emergency rations can be had and and, <laughs> and one can get themselves back to, uh, you know, what I would call fighting shape. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's as bad as a conference usually is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yesterday when we caught up on uh, day one of MWC, you mentioned that you were looking forward to talking to Verizon. Have you gotten a chance to talk to them? Yes. I talked to Massimo Caselli, who's the chief revenue officer of the Verizon's uh, public sector and enterprise group. And, uh, you know, got some interesting perspective on, uh, well, first of all, the AI thing. You know, I had kind of um, expressed some... uh, skepticism that telcos really that it really made sense for them to invest in offering ai as a service or or you know maybe they were at a crossroads uh when it came to just how much money they were going to put behind generative ai um you know as something that they would be part of and offering and he said that you know really they use it they that you know their point of view is it's it's something for them to use in their network and to make their business more efficient but as far as um as far as everyone else is concerned he said it makes more sense for Verizon to just be an enabler you know supply that connectivity and that in itself just supplying the connectivity for AI and AI applications given the latency involved uh, and given the broadband you know the, the amount of data that's involved is is a pretty significant, uh, significant enough challenge, but it's definitely one that they're better suited for. Um, so that kind of lined up with what, uh, you know, kind of what, what a little bit of my hand wringing was about. Um, the other thing we talked about are just a couple of use cases for the enterprise. You know, what's really, um, what's really hot today, is, uh, for, for telcos in the enterprise sector is about what was hot, uh, you know, couple of years ago. <laughs> um, it's it's private 5G, of course, which is finally kind of getting a little bit further up the ramp to what we would call significant growth. Um, and then, of course, there's the, the ongoing surprise of fixed wireless access and how, uh, you know, telcos are really loving the fact that that uh, can allow them to reach branch offices and uh, other places with uh, broadband access that wasn't possible a few years ago, and they can do this, you know, very quickly and at a relatively low cost, and still, of course, you know, put those companies on their network and monetize that traffic and uh, and, and and that sort of thing. So it it, it so it's a it's a it's a huge um, boon to their business, and I think a value add to what they're doing on the wired side. So you know, telcos. Uh, kind of took took an, a similar approach with things like SD-WAN, right? Um, you know, it became this like startup uh, kind of innovation. And then it turned out that enterprises really took to it and really needed that, that you know, connectivity and the services that came on top of that. And I think fixed wireless is very similar. And you're seeing a lot of the same uh, types of use cases for fixed wireless as you were for SD-WAN in that, um, you know, their branch offices, their 
hard to reach uh, uh, locations for businesses. Um, it's it's a you know a great application as retail and stuff like that where you have point of sale systems. So um, so he said there's just there's so much runway there. There's so much you know left to do that uh, that that's going to be uh, kind of continue to be a uh, a factor for for quite a while. And I know those things aren't you know brand spanking new, but um, but you know five G's only been around a little while, so it's not like these things are uh, uh, you know are are uh, it's not like the market's all tapped out as far as this stuff goes. So that's that's that was sort of the 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 upshot of that conversation. Yeah, and I, I imagine it's also helpful just to see some of these things come to fruition, and we can stop just hearing about the kind of almost ridiculous use case like robotic surgery like that's not <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know the things that aren't really as near term and maybe not as uh easy to tie to uh, you know dollar signs <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well and i think also it, it, it helps to keep in mind too that you know uh i was i was speaking with uh, uh the uh, folks at enter digital uh uh during uh one of my breaks uh and and we were talking about, you know, is the industry ready for 6G? And one of the interesting things that they were sort of discussing was that, you know, we do kind of need to build interest in these far out use cases. Otherwise, the investment will never show up, you know. So it, there's always this kind of uh, uncomfortable tension between um, what, you know, what the applications we we are looking forward to, you know, could, could allow us to do. And then what the infrastructure, you know, how long it takes to invest in the infrastructure and get that up and running and get it working the way it needs to, to support those applications. Mm -hmm. So that's, there's always a push and pull for that. And I think, I think the mobile industry is just constantly going to be um, going back and forth on that sort of thing. But I think as long as we keep, you know, as long as we keep, you know, one eye on the future and keep looking down the road, um, it'll it, it it does help to uh, uh, kind of shape, uh, you know, like you said, the, the the keep keep those crazy applications in the back of your mind because they do they do make us look forward to stuff down the road. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely helpful to hear what actually is working well and and where they're. Um, investing their time and money. Uh, also, um, Mike posted uh, a video with T-Mobile and also an article about T-Mobile's launch of the new network slicing product. Did Have you talked to them at all or have you heard any other um, service providers uh, talking about, um, you know, their approach to network slicing? No, you know, interestingly, there's not a... Network slicing is is sort of a a a thing that people are taking for granted that they're going to have to do at some point because it helps pay off that business use case. But I've actually heard more people kind of bragging about, um, you know, real live deployments of various types of uh, private networks and private five G, and that is where, you know, that is one of the areas like T Mobile um, is putting. Putting the uh, is putting security as a network slice as one of their you know first uh, use cases, and I think they you know they've got the network to support it. They've got the technology to support it. I think being five G SA all the way around the nation is is uh, is the thing that unlocks that. 
uh, in the in the other operators' cases, I think it's going to be um, it's going to be pinpoint use cases at first, uh, and then they'll roll them out, you know, uh, as their network permits or when and where they can. Um, so, so I mean, I'm, I'm expecting stuff to follow fast, but what I've mostly heard here are uh, just more discussions around, uh, you know, really cool applications that are being enabled at the enterprise level by the carriers and, you know, their partners. Mm -hmm. um, and and there's, yeah. there is a fair amount of discussion about, you know, um, about spectrum here as well. I mean, that's one, that's one thing I'm interested in learning more about is the, uh, you know, the kind of the tension in spectrum sharing, because that's also going to kind of play into, uh, you know, but well, these things all kind of tie together in that spectrum sharing with like the Defense Department and other, and satellite companies and things like that, and then the spectrum allocation or spectrum, uh, I guess, optimization that has to happen, you know, at the network level, and then network slicing, which is you know subdividing that spectrum so that um, things that you know things don't have to have their own network. Um, those things are all kind of tightly knitted together. And I think, uh, I, I think we'll hear a lot more about that because we're, we're, we're getting to a point now where, you know, the U S needs, uh, you know, more spectrum to be, uh, I want to say allocated or, you know, freed up in some way. And all of those ways we talked about are, are certainly, uh, being discussed by all the major operators and of course their partners like um, you know, they're partners in government and partners in the commercial sector. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, the private um, 5G conversation is, is really interesting. I actually spoke with um, some uh, executives with NTT that are at MWC, but I was talking to them on the phone. But anyway, <laughs> they were talking about a recent announcement earlier this month with um, Lionel Basel, uh, which is like a global... Um, chemical manufacturing company and just, um, you know, the challenge of deploying uh, private 5G in their facilities because some of them are a million square feet and uh, just why it was important to move to private 5G because Wi-Fi installing all those Ethernet cables can be really expensive and hard to manage and also it, uh, you know, if they want... Uh, cameras in certain places um, having to be dependent on where the cabling is installed can be a challenge as well. So that, that was pr pretty interesting. And they're also um, announced today a partnership with Qualcomm for device as a service um, to help uh, enterprises kind of manage um, different uh, oh. devices without having some of the upfront, um, you know, costs they can um, it yeah. seems like they can almost kind of rent it <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that is interesting. I mean, I think I, I, I totally, I, I think the, the, uh, you know, idea of private 5g in, in any manufacturing environment or, or kind of a large scale industrial thing, like you said, millions of square feet, you know, warehouses, uh, uh, plants where they're building stuff. I mean, um, you know, cause one of the, one of the things that has to, that, has to be unlocked is like when when any kind of new auto when any automaker comes out with a new version of their car or when any um uh you know 
maker of industrial equipment comes out with a new version of their combine or their tractor or whatever, um, the thing that has to happen at the factory level is, you know, some of it stays the same, but some of it has to get changed over to accommodate the new features or the new designs or whatever. And all of that movement um, is super expensive because it requires uh, moving electricity, moving cabling, moving, uh, you know, industrial uh, uh, robotics and stuff like that. If you have all this stuff wired up with private 5G, it certainly saves you uh, the, the time and the effort, you know, to, to put that stuff into motion quicker. And then, you know, it speeds up not only your production process, but speeds up the time that happens, that, that elapses between when you announce something, you know, when you've designed it, when you announce it, and when you can get it out into the market. Mm -hmm. So. I, I, yeah, they made an interesting point that, um, you know, with uh, scaling Wi-Fi is really challenging, like you said, in, in areas that are so large like that, um, you know, they might have, it could require a thousand access points, whereas for private 5G, it's maybe a dozen. So um, it's, uh, you know, they end up saving um, money not having to install all of that equipment. And it, it seems like there's just quite a few benefits to move over to private 5G. Yeah, and I, and and like I said, it's something we've been talking about for a while, but it's still it's still viable and it's 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 actually happening now. So that's uh, so that's pretty cool. I mean, I will give the uh, the, the the Mobile World Congress folks a, a you know a tip of the hat in that this this show is really not like one big you know show. I mean, the kind of the first keynotes are where it's just sort of you know getting the point of view of the the industry you know specifically or more more or less the you know the governing bodies and lobbying arm of the industry but um but as you dig into it it's really a conference of conferences it's a bunch of smaller uh groups that are meeting to talk about very specific problems and you know having little half day sh uh, conferences and things like that and I, I think those have been kind of interesting to pop in and out of because you know you get a, you get a real feel for um how many uh, things are going on in the industry at once and how just how busy it is, you know, with, uh, right. uh, with, with, with these little, uh, with these, you know, folks just meeting to solve like one specific problem or discuss, you know, like um, something I'm going to go check in on later is like the, uh, you know, folks at the NTIA talking about their, their national spectrum strategy, you know, that they, that they would choose to be here to, to announce it as interesting. Um, uh, you know, or, or to comment on it, I guess, is interesting. So, um, yeah. so yeah, the, it, it, it is a, you know, but it's, it's, it's part of what makes it, uh, interesting and maddening at the same time, because it's hard to keep, <laughs> yeah. hard to keep up yeah. with all this stuff. Okay. So it sounds like, uh, for our listeners, if they're filling out their own bingo cards, it seems like yeah. the big topics this year are generative AI, uh, network APIs, private 5G, and then also it seems like a lot of really interesting discussions around policy, net neutrality, um, spectrum sharing. Uh, I guess maybe another bingo item would be um, halfway decent coffee. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Anything yes, else always, you would add there? <laughs> always a bingo item. Coffee and snacks are always important <laughs> yes. uh, to the industry and to, uh, to media as well. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I guess, I, I guess those are, those are definitely some of the big, uh, some of the bigger takeaways. I mean, we're, you know, what's, what's interesting, but, you know, contrasting this year from last year, you know, it's like, 
last year people were already kind of teasing 6G, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. let's start talking about 6G. We're kind of already, you know, we're worn people out with 5G. Let's start talking about 6G or whatever. Right. <laughs> I, Moving I, on. Then, well, and then everybody shied away from it this year and wanted to mm-hmm. talk about, you know, old old line enterprise cases and kind of, you know, things like that. I actually think we should flip back and go back to talking about, you know, kind of things that are a little a little more far out because, uh, you know, it, it does at least open up. Uh, you know, some discussion about what has to happen to get from A to B and, uh, you, you know, what you don't want in any in industry meeting and, you know, any big uh, uh, gathering spot is to uh, uh, bore everybody to death, uh, you know, by talking about yesterday's news and get get the, you know, get the, uh, you know, give them one less thing to to, to chew over when they're networking. So I, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like maybe some of that um, uh, kind of future forward looking stuff should should maybe make its way back into the uh, into the main stage of these shows and 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 just, you know, stimulate our imagination a little bit as opposed to mm-hmm. just saying like, uh, hey, everybody can, you know, uh, uh, we finally solved how we can make tires faster or something like that. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll make a note to, um, how to make friends with Phil, uh, good coffee and, uh, talk about 6G. <laughs> there we <laughs> go. Don't leave out any, any reference to tires. Um, right. No. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to um, point out about, uh, you know, the turnout or anything cool you saw in the exhibit hall? Or should we let you go to go get some more coffee? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I I have not had as much time as uh, I I would like on the exhibit hall. But one of the things uh, that we that we have noticed um, is that there are um, there are a lot of interesting, uh, I would say, personal or sort of physical security uh, demos on the on the show floor. And I think that's maybe another area that's kind of, you know, maybe it has, maybe it's connected to private 5G, but I think just generally um, 5G enabled IoT devices is, is uh, you know, got people's imagination going. And so you're seeing a lot of interesting uh, applications there. And I think that's uh, going to help out as well. You know, it's like, it's, it's something that is mostly going to be used in business in the business sense, but, um, but, you know, better cameras that can detect things and do better, a better job of, uh, you know, uh, sort of parsing whether something is, uh, uh, a problem or not is there seems to be quite a big market there. And there seems to be quite a big desire to get, um, a lot of those devices connected and cellular alone isn't going to do it. So I think, I I think there's going to be, uh, you know, a pretty big opportunity for companies uh, like Skylo and other companies that are kind of doing this hybrid connectivity and using, uh, you know, satellite connectivity combined with, uh, with, with cellular to, to achieve, you know, uh, you know, not just interesting uh, IOT use cases, but also, uh, uh, you know, interesting uh, uh, markets for the, for the carriers to get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. All right, Phil. Well, I'll let you get back to um, throwing back espresso shots at Americanos. And thanks for the update. All right. Take care. Thanks. Thanks.